Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar racers, and startups who are just getting started. And for all who live here, home to great healthcare. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital with doctors from Weill Cornell Medicine, a new center for community health, and endless empathy for everyone. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing. Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar racers, and startups who are just getting started. And home to great healthcare. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Wednesday, September 7th, 6.05 p.m. Mountain Time. That means it's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall and joined by almost always uh, welcome back Luke Patterson Luke man I was I was missing your face how, how you doing man it's uh everybody's been we've been sending out the good vibes almost every show for you yeah I appreciate it man I'm doing okay doing all right it was a uh a gnarly break I laid down my Harley uh two weeks ago and ended up having to have surgery on humerus bone do not break that bone it is not yeah. fun at all as I am learning uh, but I feel blessed, man. Anytime you can walk away from an accident, it's a blessing. And not only that, it's the regular season, baby. Talk about blessings. Mm-hmm. We have made it, Broncos country. No more training camp. No more competitions. No more the roster set. It's ready to go. And we got our first football action tomorrow. And then your Denver Broncos are playing on Monday night. Nick, you're going to be there in Seattle. So how am I doing? I'm doing damn good because the Broncos are back. Football is back and nothing can keep me down because Russ is in the house. Yeah, absolutely, man. All the stuff coming out with Russell Wilson and the end of the Seahawks era there. Uh, it's always kind of sad when something like that goes off. And before we start saying hello to the chat here, while Luke messes with his mic a little bit, chat, this is a question for Luke, but also I'm curious what the chat has to think. How is the 12th man, uh, the Seahawks fans, going to receive Russell Wilson? Because it was not a very clean breakup between the Seahawks and the uh, Russell Wilson, you know, a little bit of uh, hurt feelings. Russell Wilson uh, upset. I think it was the Falcons game or something where he had two touchdowns the first half and they only threw it five times after that. He thought he was in the MVP race, pulled off, uh, not really getting much say in the personnel decisions, the playmaking design. Then he comes to Denver. Apparently the one place he wanted to go, easy to say that after the fact, but the one place where he wanted to go. And uh, now he's here working with Nathaniel Hackett, this offensive savant, uh, Russell Wilson's words. I'm a little bit more wait and see on that and getting a lot of personnel decisions, working with George Payton to scout uh, Montreal, Washington and stuff like that. So 12th man, are they going to boo him? Are they going to stand up and cheer for him? Is it going to be a mixed bag? What's going to happen week one? They're going to boo him, man. They're going to boo his ass. They're already talking all this bad junk on Twitter. The memes are going out there. If he's corny, he's corny. I don't even really consider that an insult anymore. I mean, like, if you're going to be called corny and your feelings are going to get hurt, you better have a thicker skin, especially in this business. Uh, 
No, they're going to boo him, man. They're going to boo him because they're bitter that he's gone, and now they're stuck with Geno Smith as their starting quarterback. Yes, Drew Locke is going to play at some point, but they're not through the moon about that either. Uh, they clearly got the what I consider and everyone else in Broncos country and the national media considers the short end of the stick anytime you deal away a future Hall of Fame quarterback like Russell Wilson. But like you mentioned, Nick, they, they pretty much – said we're putting you out to pasture rush we don't think you could do it anymore uh for x y and z and the broncos doubled down and signed this man to a long-term deal i was super pumped about that but him going into seattle i think they're gonna boo his ass plain and simple you're gonna be there i know you'll be cheering for him uh yeah. what do you think i mean you're a man among the people behind the enemy lines if you will uh, what are you hearing out of those Seattle Seahawks fans? Well, I just got, thanks to the old man, uh, got me the old school, uh, Bronco hat. Uh, when I saw him this last week in St. Louis surprised me with that. Cause he knows I always, you know, talk about it on these shows. He's probably somewhere watching with my mom or after the factor right now. And he got me that hat. So thanks dad. Uh, but I've been wearing that for the dog walks in the morning and have had many people, uh, <laughs> stop me and say, Without unprompted, you know, I'll have my ear, AirPods in or talking to my mom on the phone in the morning, a little ritual. Guys, call your mom. This is a message for you to call your moms. Um, but, uh, you know, people stop me like, well, you know, he's washed, right? I know what they're talking about, but I still say, what are you talking about? It's Russell Wilson. It's like, well, you know what? Washed Russell Wilson is better than fresh out of the womb, Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I will take it every time. And it's been dark and dire here in Broncos country. No uh, no questions now. Contracts taken care of, too. We haven't had the chance to talk about that, Luke. So uh, we'll see how Russell Wilson plays. I think a big factor for this season and the years going forward, can Russell Wilson regain that mantle of being that Tier 1 quarterback, or is he going to be a Tier 2 quarterback, which seems like a lot of national pundits have started to place him in, even some saying Tier 3. That's big questions mm. going forward. But, but God, we've been in Tier 4, Tier 5, Tier 6 land. Uh, for the last six years. So um, I'm really excited about it. And I'll take, I'll be cheering my butt off for that wash sure. guy. Uh, the whole well, game. If we're being honest, hasn't Russ always kind of been looked at with the same sort of criticisms. Now they're just different words. Yeah. Now, you know, the inaccuracy. Sure. We've heard about that. Uh, we've the ego. Sure. We've heard about that, but now he's just being called cornies being called washed up. And I don't quite see proof of that. I mean, you've got to see more evidence than a bad team in general. Uh, for me to give up on Russell Wilson. I mean, great quarterbacks can have bad seasons with horrible teams. And I think Pete Carroll has gotten stale in Seattle. That's not to say that he shouldn't be respected, nor should he go down as one of the best coaches of all time. I think he's well within his right of uh, passage to be in the immortalized minds of football from USC to uh, what he's done in Seattle, but then you also look at what what happened with USC, and there was a little bit of a a bummer when he had to leave there. There were some ripple effects too. So I think every once in a while, coaches get stale. Nick, it's happened here in Denver. I think you know, bless bless him. I love Mike Shanahan, and would have loved to have him back. But sometimes you do need coaching changes. Sometimes you need personnel changes. And the Broncos, they just have themselves the biggest change of all: an owner 
right? We've got an ownership group in the house. Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, good evening, Luke, Nick, and Scott. Welcome back, Luke. Hashtag let's ride. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate you, man. And thank you so much uh, to everybody out there that's been giving me your thoughts, your prayers. My family and I appreciate it. My friends appreciate it. And you guys, it, it, it really touches me, man. It, you know, it makes me feel very humble to uh, not be going through this alone and to have a recovery going on right now with all of my friends and family from MHH. So thank you guys so much. I see you in the chat and I'll try to get to everybody, but the show isn't about me. It's about you and your Denver Broncos who are playing on Monday night football, baby. I'm ready for the promo, Nick. Do you, I like the promos. I always have, you know, waiting yeah. all day for Monday night. I, I get goosebumps every time, especially when the Broncos are on. I'm a total sucker for that stuff. Nick, I know you love watching the game just like I do. And we go back, we chart. Do you like that stuff? Do you like the novelties of of, of Monday Night Football songs and, and some of that? Because it gets me going still. I got to say, I probably have the most nostalgia for the Sunday Night Football theme on NBC because the Sunday Night games were typically flexed. And that just makes me think of the Peyton Manning era Broncos with, you know, Al Michaels coming in Ooh. with the view of the stadium, you know, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's that's hard to beat. Um, I get I'm talking about goosebumps there. Some of the Monday night stuff is a little more corny and cheesy production, but I just like you know it's football season, and especially when those yeah. games are getting flexed on Sunday. It gets me super excited. Uh, God, I cannot wait, man. I'm super jazzed. Uh, Diamond Rattler coming in saying, "Boom, let's ride." Good to see you. Much love and respect to uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Mile high Boom. salute. And look Absolutely. at Diamond Rattler. Much love and respect to getting in your reps in the gym, boy. Yeah. Looking good. Yeah. Um, no, Emmanuel Sanders today, Nick. Talk, talk to Broncos country. He obviously moved back in Denver uh, last summer. I think he was here just before the summer. And I was campaigning for this man to possibly join the Broncos after Tim Patrick went down. No, it didn't happen or anything like that. But uh, he announced his retirement today. Why should Broncos country be excited? that Emmanuel Sanders retired here in Denver today. By now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at sickmarine.com. By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. 
I mean, it just harkens back to a great era in Broncos country. I was talking about it just now, how it's giving me goosebumps. Manuel Sanders is a big part of that. Uh, so good to see him come back. I know that he did not leave Denver in the best situation. Now, granted, you know, catching balls from Case Keenum or Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch, or et cetera, et cetera. Not going to put anybody a smile on anybody's face, especially a receiver who has a high opinion of himself after catching balls from Peyton Manning. But uh, really good to see him come back. And I guess my question for you, Luke, on this mm-hmm. is any chance for a ring of fame with Emmanuel Sanders? I, it does seem mm. like that's not the general consensus is that's not going to happen. Uh, but uh, it was really regardless ring of fame, not ring of fame. A uh, big part of the story of the Denver Broncos. You can't write it without Emmanuel Sanders being a part of it. Oh, man, that's true. Yeah, I, I got to say no for me. He, he doesn't belong in the ring just because there was such an embarrassment of riches with those Peyton Manning teams that you were referencing, uh, getting those goosebumps too. I mean, Peyton distributed the ball all over the field. Julius Thomas, we talked about him uh, a few weeks ago, last time I was on and and all the touchdowns that man was scoring. And then God rest his soul, Demarius Thomas. I mean, he's had success with so many different guys. So it's not that Emmanuel's not deserving. It's just that I don't think he quite has the numbers. I'd have to go back and revisit Rod Smith's numbers and some of these other receivers. But um, Denver's where he played the longest in the NFL, folks. I mean, six seasons. And Emmanuel got around. He uh, he was a Denver Bronco. He was a Pittsburgh Steeler, Buffalo Bill, uh, New Orleans Saint, and San Francisco 49ers. So a two-time Pro Bowler. Went to three Super Bowls, won Super Bowl 50 with your Denver Broncos. Um, I think his number for me changed it. And I think that's why we wanted to kind of title the show the way we did. Number 10 for me now has expectations just because he's not a ring of famer. I see that number 10 and I, I think of excitement. I think of dynamic playmaking ability. I think of unselfishness on the field, at least. Um one Emmanuel Sanders play that I absolutely have to mention now before I forget was the Denver Broncos in the Peyton Manning era played the St. Louis Rams on the road and got absolutely slaughtered. Uh, I think Mark Schlereth said they weren't even worth a, a squirt of you know what in the bucket. He got kind of kicked out of the family circle for a little bit. It was that game. And Emmanuel Sanders. Were you Emmanuel yep. Sanders laid out on a go route and got his bell absolutely rung uh, and got up. I mean, after the fact, when he got up, I was like, this cat is tough. He is unbreakable. And I, he wasn't a big receiver, Nick. He's kind mm-hmm. of a little guy, right? Emmanuel Sanders. And he was fearless for me and guys respected the hell out of him. Yeah. Feisty. Yeah. That was an unfortunate game. I don't want to tell Broncos country, what my record is for seeing the Broncos live in regular season. It's not good. And I'm going to be there Monday night, but they're not superstitious. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah. But uh, mile high huddle coming in here. Thanks Scott. So ironically, he's also number 10 all time in the Broncos for receiving wow. yards. So a uh, little bit of magic with that number 10 there. And it's looking good, especially on Jerry Judy. Still right now we got Andrew Baker coming in saying, welcome back, Luke. Can't wait to talk about some sea chickens and shut those fools up. Hashtag MHI for life. Hashtag let's ride. <laughs> Thank you so much for the stars, Andrew. We appreciate you. Uh, all the support there. Also, we got CCC Colby C Collier coming in saying loved he Manuel Sanders when he was in Denver. And I don't see any way Seattle booze such a nice guy in Russell Wilson. I mean, it did not end great for them. He wanted out, right? He demanded to be traded. If that was the other way around, I think Broncos country would be split, but there would be booze that would come out. 
uh, because we'd feel jaded. You know, we'd feel like, oh, you were not good enough for you. You wanted to leave us for this other team that hasn't even been good. What were you without our run game? What were you without our defense? You know, that's that's what I think some Seahawks fans are thinking right now. And, you know, not to uh, talk down to anybody, but we've seen how much the Kool-Aid runs deep uh, with your fandom, just based on what we've seen the last few years with Drew Locke being a bottom three or five quarterback and us talking us into it, talking ourselves into him being, you know, this guy just one, one move away or one injury away from being uh, taking that step forward. That it's a, it's the thing about fandom, right? You kind of, it, it blinds you. It's fanaticism for a reason. Yeah. And Kathy Lund weighing in. Thank you so much for all of your support too, over the, over the past couple of weeks. And uh, Nick, you especially, man, you've been, Nick's been awesome, man. And all of you guys truly humbling, but especially Kathy, Seattle fans are fickle. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, I agree with it. And I, I think it's their turn to, you know, take a spin on this terrible carousel of quarterbacks that the Denver Broncos have gotten very familiar with and they're about to see how much it hurts when you don't have anything and that's I'm not trying to diss Geno Smith but I mean my god we're talking about a future Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson okay you, and you just give that away I mean I don't know if that's worse than cutting Peyton Manning but at least with Peyton Manning you could say wow neck injuries age Man, that that could be a little bit of a gamble. A gamble I still would have taken, no doubt. Um, but still, Russell Wilson in his prime, looking to do good things. He's talking about wanting to play till he's an old man, Nick. I mean, you're starting to see that change a little bit. He's a freak with his diet, a freak with his health, and just an absolute freak on the football field. Uh, Rob Roboto Doom Five coming in. Thank you for joining Nick Scott and I here on MHI. Where would you guys place Emmanuel Sanders in your all-time Broncos wide receiver list? Top ten or top five? That is an excellent question. Uh, for me, it's in Rod. You trust, right? And he's got to be your, your top one, number one receiver for me, Nick. Um. Are you going to lean with Rod Smith there, Demarius Thomas? Who would you pick as at least the first? 1A, 1B. Uh, Demarius Thomas's peak was more impressive. Rod was more consistent over the years. Demarius Thomas, a more explosive player. Uh, Rod Smith, a more consistent player. So I could hear an argument for either of them. I don't really have strong convictions either way. I, I think it is 1A and 1B. You also got to give a shout-out to Vance Johnson, uh, one of the three amigos there for a long time, really good. Yep. Uh Riley Odoms, he's a tight end though, but uh, Haven Mo Moses and uh, God, Rick uh, Upchurch. There's the name, Rick Upchurch. Another one that sticks out for me as a uh, deserving of a call out. And of course, we got Kathy Lund saying Eddie Mac. So I, yeah, I, I was, was not. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, Eddie I would Mac not is, put Emmanuel Sanders well, top five, top 10, though. Top 10 for sure. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Luke, you're breaking up a little bit on my end. Um, uh oh. By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney 
who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. A little bit. It's just, it's the connection. It's not the mic. Um, but uh, while you figure that out, I will be working with Gary Leeds Palmer here in GLP. GLP coming in saying, Hey, Luke, Nick, and Scott football is here. Go Broncos and let's ride. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate you. Had a few more people coming in too. Wanted to say hello. Rodney coming in. Welcome back, Luke. Glad you're doing well. Let's ride. Hello, Thank Luke, you. Nick, and Scott. Go Broncos. Don't know if we said hello to Chase yet. Good evening all. I know we, I th- I know we said hello to uh, Travis Weber coming in here. Thanks, we also got Albert Knoppers. Hello, hello, hello. Good to see you. David Meckelrath saying good evening, Luke, Nick, Scott, and Broncos country. Hashtag Broncos country. Let's ride. I love it. I did you. What did you think about Emmanuel Sanders uh, leaving his press conference today with a let's ride as well? I absolutely love it. I think you're going to see Emmanuel Sanders at the games yeah. this year. Uh, he's a Broncos alum and he's going to be treated as such. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's going to be treated as such. He has got um, the run of the place, I think, on Sundays, man. He's deservingly so. I think you're going to see so many Broncos come back. Now that the team is back to being relevant and this is going to be a winning football team, folks, period. It's going to start this year and you're going to see guys come back. And when guys come back, the traditions start coming back, but pressure comes internally a little bit and that internal pressure is good. Hey, this is the expectation to win in this town. Now, not later. Now, tired of being bullied by the Chiefs. I'm tired of all this junk about the Raiders. Yeah, the Chargers, they're going to be a formidable threat. How are we going to face that? Well, you're going to face it head on. There's no running from it. You're either going to get better or you're not. And I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Garth Knight coming in. Garth's been a big time uh, consistent supporter here coming in with these 499 Supers. So uh, Garth, a relatively new name to our community, but man, making a big impact here supporting us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Garth comes in with uh, saying the sea chicken fans are so salty (laughs) that I wonder if Russ gets into Seattle's ring of fame. Uh, MHH country, let's ride. It would be stupid uh, for Russell Wilson not to get into whatever elite group of Seahawks fans that you get uh, when his career has come to a close. I understand that again, it did not end the best for them, but you are not where you're at. You can even, you say what you want about the defense and Marshall Lynch and the run game and everything like that. You're not getting there uh, without Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm still upset at the Seahawks when they traded him uh, saying thanks to a, a great tenure in Seattle from one of the best Seahawks quarterbacks of all time. One of, I mean, your list is Matt Hasselback. Uh, or right. Russell Wilson, like uh, you don't have to do that on the way out. I understand that it was, you know, he wanted out and it didn't end great, but like, damn, that's, that's some bitterness. 
they had an old quarterback of yesteryear. I can't remember who that spent just like had a cup of coffee with him. But that, to your point, he is the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, like, yeah. don't go out there talking all your smack without Russell Wilson. Y'all would have been nothing. You still would have been nothing. Uh, Sean Alexander, that comes to mind. When I think of Seattle before all this Legion of Boom nonsense, I mean, don't get me wrong, that was a pretty damn good defense. But I would still take the no-fly zone. Uh, EJ, wow, thank you. Welcome to MHI, and thank you so much for joining Nick, Scott, and I. A generous $50 Super Chat. Uh, Guys, these Super Chats really help us keep the lights on, allow us to do what we do uh through the good times and the bad so appreciate you so much ej hope you're doing well ej's coming in saying i remember when the seahawks played in the afc west and the kingdom was half empty short story long who cares if they boo russell wilson they are newbie fans and wouldn't know great quarterback from a pile of bleep sorry for being snarky tonight never be sorry ej ever for making fun uh defending your quarterback russell wilson and those seattle seahawks i love the nicknames i'm seeing in here from all of our friends too about the dirt what dirty bird that's all i had not very original not Falcons. very cool yeah that's why i thought too it didn't yeah. really apply uh the sea some of this the sea, sea birds sea chickens i absolutely love it here we go yeah. my guy kb has my back what's up kb warren moon that's who it was, man. I didn't want to say it and be completely off, but I thought he he spent a, a spell with him. I don't know how how long. KB, thank you as well, man, for all the thoughts and prayers out there uh, reaching out. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of weird, man, looking back. AFC West, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think were in the AFC West at one time. I don't. That's before my time. I remember playing the Seahawks. I had those DB, or VHS tapes of the Broncos Super Bowl runs and they'd always have okay. multiple games against the Seahawks playing in the kingdom and LA just smacking that butt um, of those uh, teams. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Zorn DeLarge. And that's another one that stands out there, but uh, we got another 50 coming in from EJ goodness. Wow, uh, this EJ, is thank you. classic Elway versus Revis bulls chose correct. When he chose the player, Seattle chose wrong and chose the old set uh, coach in his ways. The, they also chose John Schneider um, who, apparently want targeted uh, Drew Locke. He wanted Drew Locke on the deal. I think some of it was their hands were tied with uh, Russell Wilson having a no trade clause and wanting to come to Denver. Uh, but yeah, no, very, very rough uh, scene. <laughs> seeing what th- what's going on with the Seahawks now. They are definitely fighting for a top five, top 10 pick this year. And if I guess if John Schneider's goal was a hard reset, maybe going after G- uh, Drew Locke against Geno Smith to get a top five pick this year is the way to go. Maybe. And I am correct. AFC West, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. We're in there. Can you believe that? You have the Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, divisions were all kinds of crazy. The what is it? The NFC East still bothers me, drives me absolutely crazy. Everyone hates that division, though, if we're being honest. Nobody likes it. EJ, thank you so much uh, for all of your support tonight and let us know some of uh some of your comments keep them going folks this is mhi he is nick kendall i'm luke patterson scott on the ones and twos please get it nick on twitter at nick kendall mhh if you'd like to reach out to scott that's at scout kennedy and yours truly at luke patterson lp head on over to the mothership mahihuddle.com or go ahead and reach out on twitter at mile at mile high huddle i see c chang in there with a new nickname i can't put up but that's that's pretty good uh you guys i love the way you're defending 
defending your people. Kevin Gray, Floyd Little, let's ride, man. Floyd Little, a special place in Broncos country. Uh, God rest his soul also. I mean, you you have to think some of these folks, and I like to think, man, Mr. B smiling, smiling down, excited for this. Um, absolutely crazy that we are here. I mean, we're days away from your Denver Broncos traveling to Seattle. Nick, I've never been to Seattle. I've never seen a game in that stadium, but I take it seriously that the noise is as crazy as they say it is when they've got the Richter scale and all this craziness uh, measuring it. Man, that has got to be intimidating. What do you expect being in that stadium? Have you have you heard anything like that before? And do you think it's going to really bother or rattle Russell Wilson being on the other end of what was once his his fellow Seahawk faithful? I do worry a tad about it being an emotional game for him coming back. I mean, Peyton Manning went to Indy twice and lost both times, if I recall correctly. Just weird oh, yep. coming back in this place that did so much for him and catapulted his professional career. Uh, but first, Miguel coming in with the star. Or the you have stars over on Facebook saying, "Sup, fellas, Luke? How did this offense wow. do compared to last year in training camp? What makes you most excited? Uh, Thanks, Miguel. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm mostly concerned about the emotional aspect of the homecoming and all the pomp and Leave circumstance up, surrounding it. And I, yeah, of course. Um, so uh, what do you think about training camp this year compared to last year, other than the pomp and circumstance of Sierra with Russell Wilson in Denver ah. and the, the Hackett show? It was a night and day difference, man. I used yeah. to dread going out to training camp. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I'm very blessed yeah. to be a part of Maha Huddle. I'm very blessed to be a part of Broncos country. And in no way, shape, or form am I trying to complain about some of these privileges. They're privileges. They're not rights because you guys allow us to do what we do. That being said, Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater can only get me excited so long. <laughs> uh, man, put that together with some incompetent coaching and grouchy old Vic Fangio and arguments and drama and it just it got to be very toxic down there at uc health training center this year that wasn't the case at all people were excited people were the hill was completely full the media sideline were completely full i was on both just trying to get a good vantage point uh but to see those cowboys come in and you know, get their tails spanked. That was a good feeling because that's a good football team. Say what you want about them. We can make fun. They are no slouch team ever. They're always sort of in the mix. Um, yes, they're going to keep losing. That's what they do. Uh, and if Jerry Jones wasn't in that mix, I think they would be a lot better team. But, guys, this is this is a new team. There are new expectations. The energy's real. Everything I've seen out of Russell Wilson is real also, from the way he treats yeah. to the, the, the water – water folks uh to the janitors to just small time folks if you will yeah. he's he's a good guy so uh that's not to say he's not going to have mistakes so broncos country settle down if there's an interception thrown settle down if there's a fumble uh because correct me if i'm wrong russell wilson knows something about comebacks yeah absolutely and kathy's saying dude tons of players wives were there not just sierra uh, not all the players' wives had their own security detail walking around with people taking pictures of them, I guess is what I was getting at there. So the profile and everything going on in Dove Valley this year was a little bit, a little bit different. Uh, no doubt about and Sierra, that. Man, and Sierra, dude, she is like, I'm learning more about her every day. I was just talking to uh, my mom and dad about my mom. I didn't even know she, I didn't even know my mom knew about Sierra or anything like that. And she's like, that Sierra seems like a very nice lady. 
because yeah. she had read something about her doing um, some sort of humanitarian work or something like that. And here's what I'll say. Not that it matters when you judge a person or their family, but I never saw Sierra out there with a bunch of babysitters and au pairs and all this kind of stuff. She was out there just being a mom to her kids uh, out there being uh, a wife to her husband. And then mm-hmm. I was also talking to some folks and they're saying, well, why would you want your wife out there every day? Wouldn't that be distracting? And I'm thinking not, not if you have kids, that's a very special moment. I've got friends that have played in mm-hmm. the NFL uh, who their kids have got to celebrate that Super Bowl 50 confetti. And those are just small little memories you can make as a family. And I think getting back to those family roots installs some tr- trust with the culture. And I'm absolutely pumped that Sierra's here. And I, Kathy, I know you are too, but you're exactly yeah. right we've got a good group of guys and gals over there cody w coming in being very patient with a generous two dollar super dt and emmanuel sanders are one of the few duos to hit three thousand yards um man that takes us back right dt and emmanuel what a great duo those guys were and peyton peyton had himself some weapons yeah no it's uh he did. And that's one thing about a quarterback with Peyton's brain, right? You want to give him the pre-snap matchups every time. So it wasn't just Emmanuel Sanders and DT Decker era as well. Julius Thomas, Wes Walker, uh, no Sean Marino, even for a bit, CJ Anderson, uh, Broncos did pretty good giving him some weapons to work around with. Uh, we have Phil McLaughlin coming in talking about weapons coming in. Phil, I was wondering that since the Broncos are second highest travel team this year, if anyone thinks it could affect their play at some point. Yes, definitely could. Uh, Absolutely. And now, granted, a lot of this is the flight to London and flying to the East Coast, uh, considering they're a. uh, a Introducing the Planet Fitness Guide to getting that post-workout glow. Step one, what's your why? More epic energy, better sleep, blow off steam. Step two, join Planet Fitness for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time and get moving. Go cardio crazy in our clean and spacious clubs or get down with some dumbbells and strength equipment. Step three, bask in that post-workout glow. Join Planet Fitness today for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mountain region central team, I guess, for the most part, or a plains team, whatever you want to call it. But uh, no, yeah, it definitely could impact the Broncos this season. Uh, probably not as much as can they stay healthy this year. That's that's always number one, but definitely something to think about. And I also think I saw that the Steelers this year don't play a single game outside of the Eastern time zone. Can you believe that? That's wild. I know they get to take a. I was watching, and I don't know. I don't know why I didn't know this earlier. I was watching NFL Live or something. They take a bus to Cleveland every year for the away game. 
that's where that's the, like i'm like they take a, like a one hour one and a half hour two hour bus drive. i'm like are you wow that's where must be tough to be a Steeler. Uh, here's the thing, Phil. I think it does matter, and we we know about how historically cursed the Broncos are for whatever reason on the East Coast. But here's the thing. I, don't be surprised over the next few weeks if you see some cute little T-shirt come out that says Road Warriors that Justin Simmons is wearing at practice or something like that, meaning, no, I'm not making fun of the message. The message is, hey, we've got to do this. Embrace the suck. We're going to do this together and prove the world wrong. We can play all over the field, anywhere, anytime, and we're still going to live up to our standard. I think that's what you're going to see coming out of these Denver Broncos. Uh, it starts on week one, one of the hardest places to play. That's a huge test. Say what you want about the Seattle Seahawks offense, but it's never easy to win a football game, especially there, especially where Pete Carroll knows Russ Wilson. And yes, Russ Wilson knows Pete Carroll, but I think you're going to have an exciting matchup. And this game was not uh, made. This matchup was not made by accident by the, uh, the folks at the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jay Kozad comes in saying Seattle fans have always been loud. Circling back to the uh, point getting earlier when Luke was asking me, you know, what was I expecting? I'm expecting a lot of orange in the stands for this game. I just really, seem, I mean, Denver is not that far away. Uh, there's a lot of Denver fans in the Idaho, Wyoming, Montana area that might make the trek out here. And I got to be honest with you, I do, I'm not seeing a, a ton of Seahawks gear out and about uh, in Seattle in comparison to even just a year ago. So I think that this team understands that the Geno Smith drew lock quarterback competition with the questions on defense, offensive line uh, running backs injured, probably not going to be a great season. So I I'm not expecting a Denver fan seemingly takeover, kind of like we, we saw last year in Dallas. Uh, but as far as the 12th man goes, I think there's going to be more orange in the stands uh, than, than expected. Are those orange jerseys converted Seahawk fans that are dire to Russ because they are loyal to Russ? Because we saw that, right? At least with some Colts fans, I feel like, where they're like, we love Peyton. We still cheer for the Colts. But you know what? If it's not the Colts, go Broncos. You, th you think it's that kind of thing or it's Broncos country getting ready to show up and get some get back? I think it's Broncos country. This is a fan base that has wow. been dormant, not dormant, but you know, not, not excited yeah. for football it for has. six years. Yeah. Seattle, Monday night football, Seattle, especially in September is a destination city. I mean, it's awesome to come out here in September. And I think that these tickets are, uh, while they were sold out and expensive, I think Broncos country wants to come out here for this game. So uh, really excited to see that. I think I really do think there's going to be a good amount of Broncos fans out there. Seahawks fans will still be loud, but uh, I think that you might have, you know, 10% uh, orange fans out there in the stands. Maybe that's just me hyping up and getting excited, seeing how many Broncos fans I'm seeing are going to be in Seattle for the Seahawks game. But uh, I, I think I think we're going to travel well. Woo! Going to travel well. That is the Denver Broncos going to Monday Night Football, getting ready to whip some of that nasty Seattle Seahawks. But EJ has been an absolute champ uh ej thank you so much for all of your generosity during this show um we're gonna take we're gonna go ahead and take care of you be sure to get at me at luke patterson lp after the show uh sorry for that fat fingers pat bolin chose elway over reeves and tampa played in the nfc west not the 
AFC West. Uh, before it was 32 teams in eight divisions was Denver, Kansas City, San Diego, Oakland, and Seattle. Luke, if you walked with a broken femur, you are the man. Not a femur, man. No way. Uh, it's a broken humerus. So uh, right here, I'm not wearing a sling and I'm wearing black for a reason because absolutely don't want to look all nasty. But uh, it, it was weird, man. Not to gross anybody out, but it was kind of one of those decisions when, when you're riding your bike and it's like, uh, are we going to go into a truck or are we going to lay it down somewhere else? So pick to the grass and actually like no blood or anything like that. The only thing that happened to me was a broken humerus. I did not know it was the second largest bone in your body and I did not know how bad it would hurt. So um, I'm the bionic man, so to speak. Now I got new metal in me, new screws in me. And unfortunately, they couldn't do anything for up here, but I'm still trying to work on it. EJ, thank you for all your support, man. You, you're yeah. really, really uh, a good friend. David Cromlow coming in 499 super. Can you expect the Broncos to see more rush three drop eight from defenses this season? It's what the Bengals did to the Chiefs in the AFC championship. Wow. Good question, David. Nick, Nick, what say you? I, I don't know what they're going to do from the rush versus coverage aspects, but I'm guessing the Broncos would probably be okay with a rush three drop eight because the Broncos I'm guessing with their running backs are going to be okay running the football. I think the rush three drop eight that the Bengals made a switch to in the second half of the AFC championship game was them betting that Andy Reid didn't have the patience to continue to run the ball against light boxes because he's such a pass happy uh, head coach. I don't think that's going to be the case with Nathaniel Hackett. I know these had Aaron Rodgers uh, last few years, got Russell Wilson now, but he was fine uh, using AJ Dillon and uh Aaron Jones there with green Bay. So I don't really see a rush three drop eight. Uh, my bigger thought here, everybody thinks, you know, Seahawks the last few years, uh, I guess not last few years, last decade, Legion of boom cover three. They're switching to more of a Vic Fangio, uh, match quarters, two deep uh, cover four centric defense. And last season, uh, granted the sample size is going to be extremely small, but last season, Russell Wilson was actually one of the worst quarterbacks in the entire NFL versus cover four. Now, some of that has to do with the fact they're going up against the 49ers, who were one of the best cover four teams in football. Massive advantage with the pass defensive rushers. front there and everything. Pass mm -hmm. rushers, interior defensive line, et cetera, et cetera. Linebacker, best linebacker in football right now, yep. Fred Warner. But um, I think it's more so the, the question is going to be, what does Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson do to figure out how to start to work against those two deep safety shells that Russell Wilson struggled so much against last year and how that meshes with the quick bass game. Russell Wilson, gonna, he's a great three point shooter constantly. Those layups though. How are they going to get those layups out there for Russell Wilson? I've got the answer for you because I saw it all of training camp. They insisted on doing it, attacking the middle of the field, short to intermediate with the tight end, with the wide receivers, with the slots. They want Russ to make that quick throw immediately. And if you're a wide receiver that's got crocodile arms, you're not going to be on this team for very long. Uh, you're going to have to take some shots, guys, uh, a la Wes Welker, a la Emmanuel Sanders things of that nature. Russell Wilson has repeatedly went back to the drawing board in this training camp to work on the things that he traditionally has not done well. Like you said, we know he can throw the long ball, sure, but can you make those quick, decisive throws from within the pocket? Because at a certain point, you put your team at a disadvantage when you're out of the pocket all of the time. You can do it. You can improvise. You're a future Hall of Famer for crying out loud. 
but there you got to try to stay within some of those fundamentals that made you great. Saw improved footwork from Russell Wilson as well. So I think staying in the pocket is going to be a priority, but let Russ cook, let him do what he does. And uh, either way, it's going to be exciting to find out. Paul, coming in with a generous $20 super. Paul, thank you for joining Nick, Scott, and I on MHI. Seattle Super Bowl game scares me slightly. Glad you're back, Luke. Don't let them hang around going into the fourth quarter. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Seattle's got a rich history in terms of football. Uh, I like to make fun of poking at their quarterbacks. And then who did they have, too? Um, the big steroidal linebacker out of oklahoma brian bosworth bosworth yep, the yeah boz. the boz yeah right i like to poke fun at the boz uh my guy mike pritchard played up there and played well for him too so it's tough to go against him stokely played up there i think for a year or so tyler columbus some of those cats uh seattle has a rich rich history as well in in terms of football so i think it's going to be good it's going to be a good matchup um i think the announcers i think the national media are really, really excited to see if the Broncos can live up to some of this hype initially. I mean, if the Broncos go in there, struggle and lay an egg, that's going to be really, really tough. It can't be one of these things where Denver comes into the game and assumes we've got Russell Wilson. We've got Nathaniel Hackett. They've got some old man and some bum at quarterback. If the Broncos assume that, it's not the best feeling in the world, at least coming from me. I respect their mission enough right now to think that they're taking this game extremely seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And also this team, it's way too early in the season for anybody to be overlooking. And we have the Texans week two. These The Broncos starters have not been playing for the most part in preseason. So uh, I can't imagine them overlooking the Seahawks. Also, Paul, I love you. I think the game that was in what? 2012 February 2013 has little bearing uh, on what's going to happen on the field in 2022 Monday night football. So uh, I get the bad feelings and bad juju and whatnot, but just completely different teams, different rosters, different football. I was going to say are Russell Wilson and Brandon McManus, the only ones from that game that will be on the, on the field. I mean, cause Bobby Wagner gone from Seattle now. I mean, I can't think of another Seahawk, let alone another Denver Bronco that would have been on that team. I mean, Pete Carroll, <laughs> I mean, not a player, yeah, but Pete yeah. yeah, Pete Carroll. You're right. That's it though. Yeah. I think that's probably about it. Uh, so yeah, long time ago. I mean, what is it like 33% of football teams change every single year. So the fact that it's what mm. nine, 10 seasons ago, uh, totally different times. Um, so Different identity. Football's changed a lot in that time period, let alone the rosters. So uh, we'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We got Chris coming in here uh, over on Facebook saying, do you guys think there might be a little field rust and timing issues because of the start of the preseason? I think there would have been rust and timing issues regardless of if the starters played or not because you're not seeing the same type of speed, the same time of reps, the same type of quality out there on the field uh, as you are in the regular season. There's nothing that replaces regular season reps. Uh, so I think there would have been timing and uh, rust issues. And I gotta be honest, guys, I think we, we could be talking four to six weeks of some timing and rust issues this season as Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson kind of feel each other out and see what's working and not working and come into some sort of relationship. I'm curious to see how this relationship, obviously we're not going to get much other than, you know, inside sources talking, but if things aren't working, uh, where do the power dynamics play? Does Hackett get a step in and be like, listen, Russ, I know you really want to run these empty sets, but you are 
struggling with these empty sets right now. We need to go to something else. Or does Russ say, nope, I can get it. I want to do this. You know, we're, we're going for it. Yeah, both guys are going to have to give ground. And then that's when George Payton comes in and says, look, I am the boss. I am the captain now. And this is the hierarchy of this team. But you do have to make special circumstances because you have a special quarterback, a quarterback that cares so much that he wants to be involved in some of these decisions. Uh, You're absolutely going to see rust. And guess what? The best part of that is you're going to see rust from everybody from tom brady to aaron Rodgers to lamar jackson who's trying to get a deal done by friday nick i don't know um you're gonna see rust period because there's nfl football and then there's everything else preseason training camp these guys don't want to emulate that stuff due due to the injuries but um man when you take away those one-on-ones, when you take away the pit, when you take away some of those really physical drills from the O-line, the D-line, and the linebackers, that's what worries me a little bit. It's not so much the seven-on-sevens. It's how quickly can a defensive lineman shed a block? Um, How quickly can an offensive lineman move his hands from the outside to the inside before he gets caught? Mm. These sort of things are going to take time. Three to four weeks, that's okay. And Broncos country, if your offense with Russell Wilson is rusty. That's okay. You can win with rusty football. You can't win with ugly football. You can't win with incompetent football. Heck, if we win by a field goal against Monday night, I'm still going to be just as excited as if we blew them out because it's one and oh, on to the next game and enough with this Seattle hate. Yeah, absolutely. Just it's, I'm curious to see how these power dynamics come out. I know we referenced that ESPN article earlier talking about the yeah. the rift that developed between Russell Wilson and the organization there. But first, forget what I have to say. EJ coming in with $100 here uh, saying, wow. I don't currently ride Luke, but glad to hear you chose right and it isn't worse. I did have to choose to lay down a bike once and the front forks got run over by a th- three by four once. And that was scary, but just sprained big toe got off easy. That's wow. very scary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. EJ. Oh man. I'm so glad you're okay too. You know, what's weird, man, is my dad, my dad's been riding and building bikes since I was a little kid. Uh, works in the fire service now, still messes around with bikes quite a bit. He's laid every single one of his bikes down that he's ever had walked away from every single one of them. Uh, so many different friends that I have has, have laid down their bikes. I was wearing a helmet, wearing boots, wearing jeans, all those sorts of things. So definitely advocate for that. Uh, but I will definitely be back on the bike. It's going to take a little while. Uh, I had surgery on this arm. I'm going to do some physical therapy and things of that nature, but it's all got to be responsible. I got to make sure I'm healed up. But uh, one thing I would really encourage anybody, and this doesn't have to do with my injuries, but don't let fear conquer you. I am ready to get back on that bike right now uh, just because that's who I am. I, I, that's an adventurous side of me. It's something that brings me joy, something I can do with my dad, something I can do with my family. And if it brings you joy, don't waste a second not trying to get that joy. Do not live in fear, but be responsible and be sure to take care of yourself because others depend on you, EJ, as you well know. So I'm glad you're doing well. I'm, I'm glad uh, so many people have love and um, Nick, you know it. I mean, you're, you're in the woods all the time, a bad step and that's it, man. And it, these things can happen all around us. An accident, you can get in a car accident if you leave your house today, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't leave your house. We have to accept some sort of the risk to truly be happy. 
And uh, I just appreciate everybody reaching out. So thank y'all. That was me. That was me doing it. Uh, no, Scott right there. Our boy Scott's riding. Uh, maybe, you know, what we got to do is we got to start a little MHHMC. Get a little motorcycle MHH riding through this world, you know, something like that. But no, real quick, because we've gotten a little off off topic about some of these reminiscing of Emmanuel Sanders. How's Russ going to do? Jerry Judy. All right. He has not started out great within his first two years. Right. And so I sat down and I was kind of comparing Emmanuel Sanders and Jerry Judy, different wide receivers, different abilities, but both very rich in terms of what they can do for your football team. Uh, during Emmanuel Sanders first two years, he caught 50 receptions for 664 yards, four touchdowns and five drops. You compare that to Jerry Judy, 90 receptions, 1,323 yards, three touchdowns and nine drops. Now, tons of different factors when you look at that, considering who was throwing Jerry Judy the ball, although he got more yardage and, and more receptions. But you look at what Pittsburgh was doing a little bit too. They were a little bit more of a run team back then. They had Antonio Brown and a whole host of other wide receivers. Nick, do you think that Jerry Judy can not only play up to an Emmanuel Sanders type level, but possibly above it in terms of bringing home the hardware, bringing home the Pro Bowls and uh, bringing home the bacon, so to speak? It's always easier to believe and hope in the potential, but it's a safer bet to assume that the high standards that were set beforehand are harder to reach. Jerry Judy has not put it together yet. He's had injuries. He's entering year three of his career. There's been questions about the maturity, the intelligence, you, know, you name it. And uh, also an issue with Jerry Judy, um, not to his fault, but this current regime, the George Payton regime, has been pretty quick to move on uh, from previous regimes players when the, when they can for their own guys. So I think it's definitely possible for Jerry, Jerry Judy need to see what it looks like with Russell Wilson also needs to see how the relationship between Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson evolves or handles adversity because it's going to come at some point. That's a guarantee. I can guarantee you that there's a lot of unknowns and hypotheticals. There will be adversity at some point that they're going to have to work through together uh, to figure it out. So I think right now it's safer to say that Emmanuel Sanders career was, is better, was better than what Jerry Judy will do. Uh, but you want to hope and believe in the unknown and the potential still, because he is still really young, still really talented and uh, has not had the best circumstances to date in his professional career. I agree with everything you said. Co-sign that 100%. Let me ask you this, a hypothetical, and it might be tough. Let's say Jerry Judy's not connecting with Russ. That trade deadline's coming up. Could Jerry Judy be on the hot seat? in terms of George does have that patience in year three, maybe we need another pass rusher, maybe injury calls for an offensive lineman. Do you think there would be a possibility that George calls teams about Jerry Judy, or maybe he accepts phone calls if they're about Jerry Judy? I, he should be accepting phone calls about every player that wouldn't absolutely sink the uh, salary cap just because, you know, there's definitely questions to be had there uh, all the time looking to get better. That said, I can't imagine it happening this season uh, with the Tim Patrick injury happening uh, with Brandon Johnson and these other guys, no really young player. Like some guys had for, good preseasons, but nobody like, you know, it's like, Oh my God, like Romeo Dubs yeah, has been for, for first Packers. year with Hackett too. Yeah. 
So I think that's not a a likely approach. If there is a deterioration okay. in the relationship with Judy and this team, um, I would guess it's more so in the offseason. I think that's fair. And yeah. Phil McLaughlin coming in here, uh, giving us a little history lesson. In 56 meetings, the Broncos lead the series 35 to 21. I figure it'll be 36 after Monday night football. Uh, I see some folks getting in their score predictions. Our guy Cody's coming in here, making sure we're staying sharp. Cody, thank you so much for your generous donations tonight on MHI. Cody W, score predictions. I'm saying 28 to 10 Denver wins. Nick, what do you have for the Broncos at the Seahawks? I think this game is going to be a little bit uglier and low scoring than people think uh, on both ends, but I think this Denver defense is going to overwhelm the Seahawks as long as they are able to not give up the backbreaking plays in the past game, which with Drew Locke maybe would happen. Uh, you have way more chance of blowing out the Seahawks with Drew Locke too, but more of a variance player. So I think the Broncos are going to win this one about 24 to 10. Yeah, I'm not too far off. I'm 27, 16. Uh, Denver, I think you're going to see that rust like we were talking about. And I appreciate that we were able to bring that up and don't panic when you see that rust. That's good. You would rather have that rust now. You don't want teams. And I don't think it's possible to come out on just a hundred percent, all cylinders firing. You, no one peaks week one. Okay. Yeah. No one peaks week two, three, four. You don't want to peak too early and you want to be able to manage these teams. And these teams are all going to go through a whole new set of firsts together, traveling together, um, facing that adversity. I mean, this will be the yeah. first time that they're in another place. And I know preseason's preseason where they're not beloved. They're the enemy, the Broncos over there here in Denver. They're all heroes and we love every one of them and they're celebrated. No. They hate you up there in Seattle right now. And I use the term hate loosely, of course, with it's just sports. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting. Robo, <laughs> Roboto, Doom, five coming in. I mean, the Cardinals peak early and then dive bomb. That's exactly right. It, it could happen. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting either way. I don't care if it's a blowout. I don't care if if we win by just a field goal. Um, but Mike has a really good question. Mike Hanson. Thanks for joining us, man. How many points will the defense score? I've got 14. I've got a fumble recovery for a touchdown and I've got a pick six from none other than the best cornerback in the league in 2022 pass or 10. Yeah, that will be, be interesting. I'll give the defense zero points on this one, but a couple of turnovers. Um, <laughs> Screw <laughs> you, Nick. <laughs> It's, I I need the offense to score some goddamn points. I can't take uh, <laughs> what I saw from the Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend happening on oh, the next Monday it. as well. They won at least, thank God. But um, I will. I gotta ask Luke. So again, peeling back the onion on this article uh, from ESPN, great article, really long. If you have a chance to read it, it's from about August sixteenth uh, about this Russell Wilson deterioration uh, relationship in Seattle. Uh, but there was the uh, play where there was some game they were referencing in the article where Russell Wilson had options, you know, tuck the ball and run, pick up a first down or, you know, a little flat option. And instead he throws it into double coverage deep, you know, trying to chase stats points and uh, somebody, an executive uh, in position in Seattle is like, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to pad stats? Or are we trying to win football games? Uh, do you have any concerns about the Broncos mate? Russell Wilson may be trying to do 
too much, you know, not taking the play that that's there in front of him, the fundamental football, trying to not, not chase stats, but, you know, make the splash play hunt for heads when the easier, safer options are in front of him that, Mm. uh, especially for a game when there's not, you're not at a talent deficit against the Seahawks. If you go out there and play to your talent level, you should wipe the floor with the Seahawks team. Uh, Do you have any concerns about that uh, early on? Good question, man. Let me ask real quick, because I was unsure of this. Was that executive an employee of Seattle? I think so. Okay. So my first question would be, what in the hell is an executive asking anything about football to Russell Wilson? Unless oh, no, no, he not- wasn't saying to Russell Wilson. He was saying in general, like he witnessed the play and he thinks to himself, like, what's happening here? Why are we okay. doing this when the game is in front of us? There's the easy play to make that could pretty much sew up okay. this game for us. And instead we're throwing a pick and putting ourselves in a bad situation because bleep happens. That's yeah. why we look at Peyton Manning when he could have ran for that first down against Indianapolis. And that, what was it? The wild card round. Uh, I mean, I could remember it like it was yesterday. All Peyton had to do was kind of run and slide, mm-hmm. get that first down, but he didn't do it. I think uh, what Tom Brady last year thought we were doing playing five downs now. And I know he's getting old, but I mean, <laughs> dude, stuff happens. I can't answer for that play. Uh, but I, I hear your question. And I do think that there's some ego with Russell Wilson. I do think he cares about statistics, but I think he carries a lot more about winning championships um, than individual awards. And the biggest proof I have of that was he's not the highest paid player. Uh, he mm-hmm. could have been, he, and he's not far off. You shouldn't be feeling bad for Russell Wilson, anybody. But it, it's just one of those things to me where if Russ is doing well, then the rest of the team should be doing well. And I don't think Russ is going to be trying to play hero ball in garbage time. If anything, he should probably be plugged. Not that I see the Broncos getting blown out. Uh, but I think that was probably all a microcosm of what was going on in Seattle or at least starting to. And the article was very good, Nick, that you referenced because it breaks it down in timelines sort of and and when things were happening. And I can't remember where this this particular thing happened, but uh, breakups are messy. Plain and simple, you want to try to get behind them as as quick as you can, but there's always something that's kind of nagging. And I think this could be the clean breakup on Monday night. No, I don't anticipate Seattle making the playoffs or anything like that. But to answer your question, I think Russ is all in on on being this public figure as a leader, and he needs to be unselfish because if the Bronco fans find out he's a phony, like all the Seattle fans are saying he is, they're going to call him out and they're not going to let him live with that because Broncos fans are the most educated fan base in the NFL. Patrick coming in. What's up, Patrick? Thank you for joining Nick, Scott, and I. Anything is better than what we have suffered for the last six years. Completely agree with that. Um, Tons of reasons to be optimistic. Are you going to have any game day traditions? Obviously, you're going to the game. Um, Do you work that day? Are you going to try to get off early? Are you going to do some orange body paints? I mean, what does a Nick Kendall Bronco Seattle game look like for those of us that can't see it? Uh, I'm going to be walking from work down to the stadium. I work downtown about a mile and a half from the stadium. I think I'm going to be heading to lot 10 uh, where there's going to be a bunch of our Broncos fans uh, in Seattle meeting there. And I'm going to bring a six pack of uh, IPAs in orange cans uh, to enjoy in the parking Mm. lot and hopefully some food as well. I'm going to try to, probably have to figure out a way to like hide the beer in the work fridge, you know, maybe put it in like a 
<laughs> like a diet Pepsi box or something, but uh, you're definitely <laughs> going to enjoy myself and uh, get on down there. I'll, I'll definitely be taking a half day on Monday as well. I also am going to be donating blood uh, Monday morning. So I need to remember to eat and drink up water. <laughs> so I don't get to be crazy there. Yeah. Make sure you hydrate, man. Yeah. Make yeah. sure you hydrate. Yeah. I will. Uh, yeah. I'm still going on this humorous thing, man, more doctor's appointments and all that kind of stuff. But it kind of makes me wonder like what these football players go through. I mean, I had my surgery. It was supposed to go two hours and went three, the severity of the break, all this stuff, man. When you hear about some of these guys and the surgeries they get, at least for me, I I'm desensitized to it in a way because you're not close to it in any way shape or form i don't know them i wish them well but some of these guys man when you think about them going under the knife to truly do what they did even russell fingers russell wilson's finger i mean that's kind of weird right the small little finger injury i mean weird um but the guys definitely can can come back and he's slinging it and i'm just excited to see what the broncos can do here on monday night as we start to wrap up the mhi show let's get a few more before we get on out of here and guys dylan has been working his tail off please be sure to head on over to mahihuddle.com paul paul with 20 dollars super coming in nick is going to the game i'm scared hashtag love you nick don't be scared they're not gonna do nothing up there they don't do nothing they're gonna be mad they're gonna be crying they're gonna get offended that they lost nick is gonna be in good company because nick is saying broncos country is gonna be there and they're gonna have his back yeah i do have a bad uh track record for seeing the broncos live in regular season i did see them win a preseason game back in like 1999 in st louis um John Elway was had a surgery, so he didn't play that game. I was devastated. I was like six years old. Like, where's Elway? He's not playing. He's hurt. <laughs> uh, but um, I think I'm 0 and 7 in games I've attended live. Uh, for the most part, though, I've not attended games in Denver. The only time I saw him in Denver was the Bradley Chubb three sack game against the Rams, and Broncos were not very mm. good in that era. I've also seen them lose twice at Kansas City, twice in Indy, once in Green Bay, and once somewhere else as well. I think that adds up. Oh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, but regardless. Oh, yeah. And once in St. Louis, saw them lose that game that we just talked about earlier where Emmanuel Sanders got um, his bell wrong. Oh. And uh, that was the beginning of the end for Peyton Manning being a elite statistical quarterback. So not not the best track record, but hey, <laughs> it's a new era. <laughs> it's a new era, new ownership, yeah. new coaches. And some guy named Russell Wilson is looking for some get back against his former team. Guys, this is going to wrap it up for MHI tonight. He is Nick Kendall, Scott Kennedy on the ones and twos. Um, yours truly, thank you so much for having me back. Thank you for being patient. I appreciate Scott and Nick and everybody that's been stepping up and filling in in my absence. And once again, guys, appreciate your thoughts and prayers. And let's keep this going. If you want to keep the conversation going, I've got a lot of time on my hands right now in between doctor's appointments, physical therapy, all these kinds of things. Hit me up at Luke Patterson LP. Let's chat. Let's talk football. Let's talk Broncos. Let's talk about the game tomorrow night. Let me know what you are doing for this Broncos game. Hit Nick up as well at Nick Kendall MHH if you'd like to talk to Scott. In addition to the Broncos, those Falcons are going to be playing here too. Reach out to Scott at Scout Kennedy. And of course, be a fan of us on Twitter at Mahai Huddle is the official mothership. And go to mahaihuddle.com for all of your up to the minute broncos news and analysis um nick that was a great show man i appreciate you so much for having me back and holding the fort down and i can't wait to see how this season goes man this is going to be a lot a lot of fun and uh we've made it baby we're here 
We have made it. We're here. Glad to have you back, Luke. Um, Want to give a special thanks to EJ and Paul coming in multiple times with the big super yes. chats, David Carmelo as well. Uh, we had Nick coming in, Cody W with the support. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate you. And uh, Garth Knight um, also. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Uh, we will see you, Scott, and I will be back again tomorrow morning if you want to talk some more Broncos at uh, 7 a.m. for your drive. But that's going to do it for Mile High Insiders. Make sure you're following Luke and I on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at MHI underscore pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet join our facebook community at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and of course as the ticker says underneath there if you're joining us on youtube today probably the number one place where you can get these mile high huddle live streams uh, make sure you subscribe like and share over on youtube if you haven't done so already and click that bell icon so that way you get an alert when we go live we have i don't think anybody's doing the all-on aerial assault or i guess uh <laughs> or oral assault uh, that we are doing out here with the, the amount of content and live streams with different shows and whatnot on this channel for this site, for this network. So uh, make sure you guys are doing that. A lot of different flavors, a lot of different shows, a lot of different personalities, but all covering your Denver Broncos. So we appreciate you. Luke, it's great to have you back, man. Um, hopefully things are all on the right path here, mending up and uh, we're going to have to take <laughs> you off that. Glad to have you off the short term IR there for a bit. Yeah. Um, didn't have to yeah. The waivers or anything. Yeah, I felt like I was on the pup. I, I you know, I cleared waivers. Uh, thank God MHH didn't bounce me. But no, it was good, man. It's it's always kind of uncomfortable for me, if I'm being honest, to share some of these things because it's coming from a place of vulnerability, right? I'm not used to being hurt, mm -hmm. not used to being sick, things like that. But uh, all that's gone away, man, from people like yourself and Carl from building the Broncos and uh, all my friends and family reaching out. I really appreciate you guys. You mean a lot to me. So uh, thank you guys for all you do. And be sure to get it. Scott and Nick in the morning for Broncos for breakfast. They're going to get you going because what? We're one day closer to Friday and it's the first official football game. Thursday night football tomorrow, guys. So be sure to listen to the fellas tomorrow morning. Broncos for breakfast for for Scott, Nick. I'm Luke saying, always believe in that mile high magic. Let's ride and let's go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 